Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. Well, we appreciate you being here with us. We are starting a new series, and as you saw in the announcements this morning, um, got a lot of a lot of good stuff coming up, and we had an awesome lift event Wednesday night. How many of you guys got to be there with us? <laughs> we had a good time. Um, but just want to encourage all the ladies that coming up, uh, as you saw the announcement with Pastor Diane, at the end of April is our Vibe Ladies Conference. And I want to encourage all of you ladies. It's, it's going to be, it's something that's really been on Pastor Diane's heart. So we want to encourage you to make sure that you're going to be there with you and bring somebody with you. They don't have to be from, from our church to, to attend. So encourage someone, invite someone to be there. It's going to be a God weekend. If your resources are a challenge, we will help you with that. Just let us know. But we want to make sure you're there. So make plans for that. It's going to be an, an awesome, um, awesome, amazing weekend. How many are ready to go this morning? I remember a few years ago that um, Pastor Diane and I were praying, just saying, God, what, what, uh, what's the direction of the church? What, what are you putting on our heart for the next few years? And something that God dropped into our spirits, that there were three things that we were really supposed to focus on year in and year out. Now, that doesn't exclude other things, but three main things, and you've heard me say this, he wanted us to continue to really teach on family, on faith, and on freedom. And so you've probably heard those, those terms uh, frequently, and we just finished a series on faith. And so I want to spend a few, a few weeks talking about some areas of freedom. So look at someone and say, we're about to get free. John chapter 8, verse 31 and verse 32, says this, Jesus said to those who believed in him, he said, if, everyone say if, so that's conditional, if you abide in my word, the, the word abide means to remain, to be constant, so if you are constant in my word, then you are a disciple or you are a follower of Jesus, and you will become acquainted with, or you shall know the what. And that truth is going to do something. It's going to what? Set you free. It's going to liberate you. I love these two verses because the Bible gives us this guarantee that if we'll make a conscious, constant decision to remain in the truth of the Word of God, it's going to do something in your life or my life. It's going to bring freedom. It will say, and so the word free actually means two things. It will liberate you from a constraint, and it will liberate you to believe and behave as you desire. So some of you may have had a challenge in being able to believe and behave as you really want. Well, the Bible says if you continue in the word, it'll liberate you into that, and it will liberate you from anything that has limited you or has restrained you or has restricted you. Love that scripture. So we're going to use that scripture for the next few weeks, and our new series is called Free You. Everybody say that, Free You, or Freedom University. We're going back to school for a couple weeks. Y'all ready to go? And, and so I do believe this, that there are certain areas of our lives that I believe Scripture wants us to become progressively free in. You know, there are just some areas of our life I can't just lay hands on you and you just get free in. There are progressive steps and progressive measures, and uh, in an ongoing fashion, God wants to deliver you and progressively free you. So here's some areas we want to look at. Um, your mind, 
your mouth. Everybody say, ouch. <laughs> your mind, your mouth. How about your heart? And even your flesh. The Bible does tell us we can get freedom in those areas, and so that's what we're going to learn about over the next couple of weeks. So y'all excited now? Freedom Universe, while we're going back to school, I want you to learn some things that will let you walk in freedom that maybe you struggled with in the past. And the Bible in the New Testament is, is very clear to us that you and I are what I call 3D beings, or we are three-dimensional Here's what that means is we're made up of three distinct parts. So let me explain that to you. We won't go to those scriptures, but um, first of all, you are made up of a spirit. That's the real you. That's the core being that you are. That's the spiritual eternal part. And the moment you gave your life to Jesus, the Bible said an absolute change happened. Your spirit man, which was in uh, enmity with God, now became the residence of Jesus. And if Jesus is in your spirit, man, guess what? You change. At the moment of salvation, your spirit, man, was made completely 100% new. You are a new person. The Bible says you are a new creation. Everything that was old is now gone, and everything that, um, that needs to be new is now brand new in you. That's your spirit, man. But the Bible says that you also have a flesh or a body, and that didn't get saved. Have you ever, since you have been saved or became a Christ follower, ever had a challenge with your flesh? Yes. Your flesh wants to do the wrong thing. Your spirit wants to do the right thing. And Paul talked about that. He said, woe is me. I, I see my spirit wants to do the right thing, but my flesh wants to do the wrong thing. Any, anyone ever had that conversation in your head? But I love what Paul went on to say. He said, woe is me, but I see a brand new principle working in me. There's a new principle of life in my spirits. But then the Bible says we're also made up of a soul. You say, well, what's, what's the soul? Well, the soul is where your mind, your will, and your emotions are. And the Bible tells us this, that even though our spirit man is, is born again and our flesh is not, I believe that the key is your mind or your soul because that's your chooser. If you live a life led by the spirit or if you live a, le a life led by the flesh. So we're going to learn a little bit about this over the next few weeks. And I believe you need to get freedom in that area, and you're going to get freedom in that area. And so we're going to discover some things here over the next few weeks. Romans chapter 12, we're going to look at two verses, verse 1 and verse 2. Therefore, if we want to say therefore, therefore I urge you, Paul said, brothers and sisters, so that includes all of us, Paul is urging us as believers in view of the mercy of God, that we should do something. He says here that we should offer our lives as a living what? Are we on an on, this literally means on an ongoing daily basis, what you and I need to do is lay our lives down at the feet of Jesus and to make our lives a sacrifice. You know what that means? I'm not in charge. I lay it down to let God be in charge. Um, I don't know if you ever figured this out, but you and I need to change. The Bible says God doesn't change. He's the same in the past as he will be tomorrow. But how many know we need to change? How do we change? Let me just say it this way. Have you been able to change yourself? No. If you're still trying to do that, here's the key. You need to just lay your life down at the feet of Jesus because he can make those changes that you and I need to make, that you've been trying to make, that you haven't been able to make and will not be able to make. So he says this is, this is our daily worship that you and I lay our lives down and that we sacrifice our lives. And the Bible says it's holy and it's pleasing to God. 
And I love it goes on and says, this is actually true and proper worship. So true and proper worship is for you and I to learn the, the, the art of surrender. So that every day our part of our worship is we lay our lives down. We, we lay it down before the feet of Jesus. And then look at verse 2 because it's connected. And it says, do not conform. Now, if you go back to verse 1, Paul says, I urge you. So these are things that Paul is urging us to grasp and to get a hold of. And he goes on and he says, I urge you, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. That means the habits, the patterns, the routines of the world. But be what? Transformed or to be changed or to be altered or renewed. And it goes on and tells us how we do that. We're transformed by the renewing of our what? So how does life change happen? How, if we bring our lives before Christ, how does the changes that we need to have happen in our life happen? The Bible says it starts with renewing our what? Our stinking thinking. So he says that we're renewed in our minds. And when this begins to happen, look what it says. Then you'll be able to test and approve or you'll be able to grasp or apply the will of God. The good, the pleasing, and the perfect will of God. How many want to know the will of God? How many want to walk in the will of God? How many want to experience the will of God? And the Bible says there's the good will, there's the pleasing will, there's even the perfect will of God. And I believe that you walk in the good, the pleasing, or the perfect will as your mind is continued to be what? Renewed and changed. So if Paul urges you and I that our minds have to be altered and changed and renewed, how many know we need to pay attention to this? Paul is urging this. So listen, if you're a believer, you are born again, your, your spirit man has changed, but our thinking needs to be altered, needs to be changed. We need freedom in the areas of, uh, of our, our minds. And this is, it's written in the present tense, which means this is a continual process. You don't just get there one day. It's a continual process. But if we are maturing and being renewed and remodeled in our minds, we're going to be able to walk out not just the good will of God, not just the pleasing will of God, but the perfect plan of God's uh, uh, plan of God for our lives, for our families, for our careers, for our, our, our emotional life, for our relationships, for our physical life. We'll know and be able to walk out the perfect plan of God. And there is such a blessing on the perfect plan of God. And the, according to the Bible, all we have to do, we are now candidates because we are born again. We just have to make sure we're in the word and it's altering us and it's changing our stinking thinking. Now, that word renew, uh, the Bible says we'll be renewed, uh, we'll be transformed. That's the word metamorphosis. It's the idea, and you've heard me teach this, of that ugly caterpillar going into the cocoon and, and a metamorphosis happening and a butterfly come out. That's what God wants your thinking to do. It could be like an ugly old caterpillar at times and put it into the word of God, and there's going to be a butterfly come out. There's going to be newness come out of that. There's going to be goodness come out of that. And so this morning, week one, I want to talk about freeing your mind to experience freedom in your thinking, freedom from stinking thinking. And I, I want to just quote because uh, the, the great prophets um, that, that sang this song, Destiny's Child, they say, if you will um, free your mind, the rest will follow. Thank you for the two people that know that song. There's a lot of truth to that. If we can get freedom in our stinking thinking, 
the rest will follow or the rest will line up or the goodness will have a pathway. Amen. So we're going to learn this morning about how to get freedom in our mind. And like I said, I can't just call you up here, lay hands on your brain and say, be freed. Because you've got a lot of stinking thinking built up over the years. But what I can do is point you to the word of God. And if you, if you will continue in the word of God, it will change your thinking. Now, here, here's why that's, that's so important. Because your thoughts are really just this internal dialogue that you have on the inside. I, I read that it defined this way that thoughts are just silent words. Anyone just have a lot of silent words going on up here? Just a lot of silent words. What words are is just those thoughts being exposed. But it's this eternal dialogue that we have inside of our, our minds. It's where we evaluate things, we estimate things, we ponder things, we reason things. And here's why it's so important. Because what, what you're thinking on determines what you know, determines how you feel, and it will determine what you do. It will determine the choices in your life. No one in here ever goes out and like, I'm just going to make a bad decision. <laughs> your bad decision is a result of some bad thinking, yeah. some misinformation. And you, you know, it's very possible that you could always make the right decision. Not likely, but it's very possible. If our thinking was renewed to the word of God, you will always know right, feel right, and even do right. That's why Paul said, I urge you. I urge you. So let's make some points and, and build on this. Because I, I feel like this is a very freeing teaching this morning. Very freeing concept this morning for you to get. Because most of you, I know you love Jesus. You're born again. You love God. You're going to heaven. But there's some things that have kept you from being able to walk into some things and kept you it stuck in some things. And it could be stinking thinking. Now, let's, let's build on this. Here we go. Life point number one. The direction of your thoughts determine your destiny. Now think about that. The direction of your thoughts is what determines your destiny. Well, I thought God determined. Yeah, God created you with a destiny. But the direction of your thoughts determine if you fulfill that destiny. If you walk in that. All that God has for you is his plan. But your thoughts can either be the catalyst for you fulfilling the will of God, or those thoughts could be the detours or the hurdles or the dead ends to fulfilling God's will. And I'm looking around all these people, there's people watching, people will watch later on this, this week, and I want you to know that if you could grasp what I'm saying to you, it could be one of the biggest areas of freedom in your life. So the direction of your thoughts is actually what determines your destiny, how you feel about things, what you know about things, the choices that you actually make. In other words, we can say it this way, what you're thinking about the most, what you are focusing on the most is the direction your life goes. 
Any, any motorcycle riders in here? Those of you who ride motorcycles know this, that wherever you look while you're on that bike is where you're headed. That's why they tell you to keep your eyes on the road, not the ditch. If you've got your eyes on the ditch, guess where you have a tendency to steer that bike? To the ditch. That's why they say keep your eyes up, keep focused, be alert, watch, because you will go and you will steer where you're focusing. It's the same way with your thoughts. Where you're focusing is where you'll steer, it's where you're headed. You know why some of you have ended up in the ditch? Could it be that's where you were focused? I heard someone say it this way, that our, our thoughts, our thought life is like a train track. It will take you somewhere. You're always thinking, it's laying out tracks, it's going somewhere. So there are these thoughts that you and I have, and we have lots and lots and lots of them. They say you have something like 50 to 70,000 thoughts a day, and 70% of them are negative. 70% of those 50 to 70,000 thoughts you have a day are negative. That's why Paul urged us, I urge you. Let the word of God remodel your thinking. Then you can interpret and live out the good will of God, the pleasing will of God, and the perfect will of God. Have you ever noticed this? That there's a battle for your thoughts. Have you ever just, I love God so much, I want his blessings, I want to live for God, I want to be on the level God wants me to be on, and you're all fired up on Sunday, and man, by Wednesday, your brain is just hit with thoughts. Because what, what's, what's your soul? It's your mind, it's your will, it's your emotions. It's what you know, it's what you think, it's what you feel, it's what you determine to do. And this is why the Bible said this, this part of our soul, it's part of our being, it needs to be renewed. Because there is this battle for the space in your mind. We only have so much space, and there's a battle for it. That's why, the word, that's why Paul urged us, urged us to have this part of our lives remodeled. A battle for space. Now, I would say it this way, that every thought that comes your way, you're not responsible for. Anyone just ever have crazy thoughts? I mean, out of nowhere, you just got a crazy thought. You ever just been sitting there eating, your meal's done, your waiter was bad, and you're like, I should just walk out of here and not pay him. Anyone ever have that thought? <laughs> we just have crazy thoughts. Well, you're not responsible for the thought that comes, but you are responsible for, guess what? How you respond to that thought. Because there's just a lot of thoughts, 50 to 70,000 thoughts that come at us. And if 70% of them are negative, what do we do? Battle for the space in your mind, in your soul. I call them space invaders. If you're old school, remember that game? Space invaders. Well, these are space invaders. They are intrusive, invasive thoughts that come at your mind, unwelcomed and uninvited. So I thought I would go over a few of them. I put them in categories for you, and I've made a slide for you, and it looks a little bit like this. Anyone in here ever dealt with just fearful thoughts? 
Now, these aren't fleeting thoughts. These are thoughts that just come at you. And, and, and fear is a thought pattern that a lot of us are challenged with. When I say fear, I mean things like doubts, unbelief, worry, stresses, insecurities, fearful thoughts that just bombard your mind, just keep coming at you. How about regret? Anyone ever dealt with regret? Regret would be things like shame and guilt over a mistake you made or something that you should have done that you didn't do or something you did do that you shouldn't have done. And it lingers and it, it, it invades and it continues to take up that space. How about this one? Frustration. I, these are just five categories I came up with. Frustration. Frustration could be things like anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, wounds and hurts, things that frustrate us. Then discouragement. Those are things like things that would intimidate you, make you feel inadequate. They just discourage you. Or pride. Pride could be selfishness, it could be sin, it could be temptation that falls in this category. But has anyone ever, by a show of hands, ever dealt with any of these? Have you ever dealt with any of these and you didn't welcome it, you didn't invite it, you didn't want it, but it kept knocking and knocking and, and it went from a knock and then it was a shout and it became loud in, in, your, in your life. The direction of our thinking determines our destiny. And if these are dominating your thinking, you will live a life paralyzed by fear. Or you could live a life just paralyzed by regret. Or a life that's paralyzed or bound by things like frustration, discouragement, or dealing with your own pride or your own failure. These are space invaders in our lives. This is why Paul said, I urge you to stay in the word of God on a constant routine and a habitual pattern because if, if you do, then your mind will be remodeled and renewed because if your mind is directed by frustration, discouragement, pride, regret, and fear, guess, well, guess what? You will not be able to interpret or experience. It's the plan and will of God. This is why I started this, the, the message off with this little scripture from the book of John that Jesus himself said, if you stay faithful and constant in the word of God, you will see the truth and you will become acquainted with the truth and that truth will set you free. The, actually, the word no in that verse is, is a little word, but it has big punch. It's actually the, the word we would interpret for intimacy. It actually means sexual intercourse. So what the Bible was saying, what Jesus was saying, if you stay in the word of God, if you stay under the word of God, you will have such an intimate knowledge of the truth that it will liberate you. This is why I say to you, you need to overdose on the words of Jesus, not CNN, not Fox, not these news outlets. I'm not saying not to watch them. I'm just saying you've got to overdose on the word of God. Because it's real news, it's the truth, it's not conspiracy thinking, it's the actual truth, and it will liberate you. Amen. So, Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying what you're focused on, what you are, uh, the, the thoughts that you keep having, the direction of those thoughts determine your destiny. So do you see how fear can determine your destiny? Some of you have not been able to walk in and do in and step into some things in life because you're bound by fear. 
Some of you have not gotten into the next uh, level of your life because you're pulling regret behind you and it's flooding your mind. Some of you are so frustrated that you can't get free. Some of you are so discouraged that you've lost hope. And some of you are dealing with just some of these pride things that you're struggling to just be, to walk in the liberation God wants you to. That's why Paul said, I urge you. I urge you. The word of God can change all that. You ready for point number two? So the direction of our focus and our most consistent thoughts determines our destiny. These all build on each other. Life point two, what you dwell on determines the direction of your thoughts. So if the direction of your thoughts are fixing your destiny, what, what's determining the direction of your thoughts? It's what you're dwelling on. Everyone say dwell. So I'm dwelling on something so much that it's, it is directing my thoughts, which is fixing my destiny. Those space invaders, if we're dwelling on those space invaders, and how many know they come in unwanted? They come in at the most inopportune time. They are not polite. They do not ask permission. They're invasive. They're intrusive, especially when you have a calm moment and you lay down. Anyone ever been there? So what do we do about those? Because we live so much of our, our, our time in reaction mode, in defensive mode, instead of getting aggressive about these things, putting some effort and energy into renewing our mind so we're not just responding to wrong thinking. Let's get ahead of the game here a little bit. So what you're dwelling on. Everyone say dwell again. Look at, look at 2 Corinthians, three verses. For though we still walk in the flesh, we do not war, everyone say war, according to the flesh. So if this scripture is right, we still live in flesh, but our war is not fleshly, but we're in a war. Y'all get that? The moment you became a believer, you entered a season of war. You're still in the flesh, so there's war. That's not what you wanted to hear. I get it. But you're in a war. Where's the war? It's for your space. You're at war against the space invaders. Look at verse 4. For the weapons, the word weapon is a word for strategy. For the strategy of our warfare is not carnal. That means it's not of human strength. But it's what? What is it? It's mighty. So the Bible says it's actually not of our human strength, but it's mighty. Because our spiritual strategy does something that we need. The Bible says that it pulls down strongholds. A stronghold is a thought that comes that you just can't get rid of. Keeps coming back. You can't get rid of it on your own. It's been there for a while. It has become a stronghold. And you can't pull it down by human strength. The word pull down actually means demolish. Strongholds. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We have to bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So what this scripture is saying is in our lives, there are some strongholds. Now, when we use words like war and the words like stronghold, 
that is what you and I would reference to as spiritual warfare. And spiritual warfare has to do with three things. Dealing with the devil, dealing with your flesh, and dealing with your thoughts. And no matter if it's dealing with the devil, dealing with your flesh, or dealing with your thoughts, you have to respond to each of those areas from the finished work of Jesus. From the victorious finished work of Jesus. Y'all got that? From the finished work of Jesus. From the part that Jesus won on the cross. Is there a real devil? Yes. Is there real flesh? Yes. Sometimes the devil gets blamed for things that he's not doing. Sometimes it's just your thoughts. Sometimes he brings the thoughts, yeah? And sometimes thoughts have just been there, they have lingered, and now they have become strongholds. The word stronghold is another word for fortress. There has been a fortress that has been built in your thinking. How did a stronghold get there? It's a great question. A stronghold could have gotten there in your life because of something that you went through and you experienced. You may, it may have not have been your fault. It may have been your fault, but something you experienced in your life left you with a thought pattern, left you with an impression, left you with a feeling, and it got stuck there because you experienced it. Or maybe it just wasn't an experience that you went through. It could have been something that influenced you. There's a lot of influences in our world. Biden for what? Your space. That's why they spend millions and millions of dollars on what? Advertising. Because they want to influence you to buy their product. That's why when you're watching the Super Bowl, they spend millions of dollars to what? Entice you or to advertise you to buy their product versus another product. Influence. Things we hear, things we see, these become influences. So those strongholds get there, things we've gone through, just constant influences that, that are in our lives. Or they could get there because you've been deceived. Something has deceived you into believing something. And so these things become a thought pattern in our lives. And because they become a thought pattern, the Bible says they become this thing called a stronghold or a fortress or a thought or a feeling that you cannot get rid of. It will steal your focus. It will steal your energy. It sets itself up against the truth of the word. For example, you may, you, you may have dealt with something like intimidation in your life. Maybe someone spoke some things over you when you were young. They just kept saying, you're never going to be this. You're not going to be that. And it's created intimidation in your life to where that's what you just think about. You can't. I never will be. It's a very intimidating thought. And it's raised itself up against what God said about you. That's why Jesus said, you need to remain in the word of God. And if you remain in the word of God, you'll know the truth. And when you know the truth, my truth is going to set you free. It'll set you free from those intimidating thoughts, those inadequate thoughts, those frustrating frustrating thoughts, those discouraging thoughts that you can't get rid of on your own. So what do we do? We got, we got to, that's why Paul said, I urge you, if you want to know the will of God in these things, you've got to let that part of your mind be remodeled. What God wants to do is take those thoughts of fear, remodel your thinking so you're free to walk in his love, to take those thoughts of discouragement, set you free so you can walk in hope. Are you hearing me this morning? The problem we have a little bit sometimes is we don't like the effort and the energy that it takes to renew our minds. Now, just let me say this. You think in patterns, you have thought in thoughts for years, and you have had impressions, influences, perspectives set in your life, and they don't go away overnight. 
but they will be changed and remodeled because the word of God works. And the Bible says your warfare is not by human strength. It's taking the word of God and pulling down a stronghold. I want you to get this picture because here's what that means. There are arguments, reasonings, imaginations. And the Bible says this. That, uh, well, if you study that word, it tells us there, there are two types of logic or two types of impressions. One is very logical. The other is extremely illogical. So there are some things in life that just sort of make sense that we can buy into. Some don't make any sense, but they become arguments against the word of God. They become imaginations against the word of God, and they have the audacity to erect themselves against what God said about you. And you believed them for years, either because you experienced something different, or you were uh, influenced by them, or you were deceived by them. Some of you have lived broke for years because the devil has deceived you into thinking you have to live in poverty. How do you know, how, how does that thinking change? Get a hold of what the word of God says about it. It can change your stinking thinking because you will never be blessed until your thinking gets rearranged and remodeled. Are y'all hearing me? Some people live uh, 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 with a lot of um, sickness in their life because they never, ever, ever heard that Jesus wants you to walk in health and prosperity and blessing. Now, I'm, just because you have some sickness doesn't mean that. I'm just saying... And you're saying, I never heard this before. Right, let me give you an example. Some of you come up maybe in a religious setting, a very religious setting. And all of a sudden, you heard us preach about grace. You heard us preach about the grace of God, which is the goodness of God. And it's a gift to you. It doesn't have to be earned. It's just received by faith. How many of that changes things? Grace is empowering. You're trying to please God all these years being very religious, and what God wants you to do is embrace grace. I mean, your thinking had to change. Here's another thing in pattern I think that we need to change. A lot of us think, well, we just live by luck, or it's just fate. And you've heard me counteract that and say, we don't live by faith. The Bible says we actually live by the words that come out of God's mouth. And the words that come out of God's mouth are words of favor. You live by the favor of God. How I many know that'll change things? But you've got you to let the word of God begin to change you in those areas. How many, as you're listening, realize you've got some areas that need to be altered? Some areas of our life that need to be altered. See, here's how those strongholds work. They're called strongholds for a reason. They have a strong hold on your thinking. If it gets a strong hold on your thinking, you could have the wrong perspective. If you have the wrong perspective, you will have the wrong feeling. If you have the wrong feeling, you will make a wrong choice. You could make some wrong choices about your money, about your careers, about your relationships. It's a stronghold. But the Bible says we don't fight against human strikes. We take the word of God to it. So I want you to get this. This is what that means. That you take the word of God and you hold those thoughts and you interrogate them. It actually means you put them at spear point. If I brought you up here on stage and I stuck a spear in your back and I said, walk, what are you going to do? You're going to walk. If I brought you up here and I pulled a pistol out, I'm not going to do it. But if I was, I pulled it and said, what were you doing on October 3rd, 2022? It's like those old police movies where they put them in the room and they interrogate them. That's what the Bible says you need to do with those thoughts. 
Next time you fear, you just feel fear coming on you. You need to take out the word of God, put that thought at spear point, and say, how dare you bring these thoughts in? Or put, that, put the word of God to them and say, that's not what the word of God says. You cannot stay here. This is what the word of God says. That's what the Bible says. That's how you get freedom in your thinking. Now, can we pray for you for those areas? Yes, but we can't just cast a thought out. The Bible says it comes down by what? The power of the word of God. Are y'all with me? Am I helping you? All right, so, so what, what are we saying? Let me wrap up this last point here. We're saying this, that the direction of your thoughts is what fixes your destiny. And what you dwell on determines the direction of your thoughts. Here's my last point. These build on each other. So what you choose to deal with determines what you dwell on. So I have these thoughts they are taking me in a direction to my destiny. What determines the direction of thoughts is what I dwell on. But what determines what I'm dwelling on is what I'm dealing with. And I can deal with it a good way or a bad way. One way of dealing with it is just running those thoughts of fear over and over and over. Or those thoughts of regret over and over. I can't believe I did. Why didn't I do that? Why, why was I this? Why was I that? Or you're, you're, you're building those thoughts. You're letting those thoughts run. So you're, you're, you're dealing with them. So you're dwelling on them. But what if we dealt with them with the word of God? How many believe the word works? You know, the word of God isn't just some good stuff you hear to carry a book to church or put some words on the screen. The Bible said this, this in Hebrews, it said, is an active sword. It says it's a two-edged sword. And it goes on, it says this, it will cut through your flesh, your soul, and your spirit. What does that mean? The word of God is what can cut through your soul, through the spirit man, and through the flesh. Remember those three things we talked about? We're 3D beings. It's the word of God that can cut through the soul. They can cut things out that don't need to be there. They can expose those things. That, that can put those things at spear point. That can renew those things. The word of God can cut through those things. Not human strength, but the word of God. Am I helping you? So the things that we're dealing with, we dwell on, and they determine the direction of our lives, fixing our destiny. So what I want to challenge you to do and myself to do is let's deal with these things. Let's deal with those space invaders. This is your space. Your mind, your will, your emotions, that's your space. What if God could renew your mind, your will, and your emotions? How many know it would change your decisions? It would change your feelings? It would change your perspectives? Psychologists, behavioralists tell us there are two, <laughs> two <laughs> mental laws. If you've been here for a while, I know you've heard these, but there are two mental laws. The first is the mental law of concentration, which says this. You can actually only think one full thought at a time. But the law of substitution says you can take one thought, substitute it for another, which is an exchange and change the mental outcome or change the result of things. Now that's just science talking. That's just medicine talking. That's just research talking. But that's a biblical principle. That's why Paul urged us to renew our thinking. He knew if we could take those thoughts that we're concentrating on and exchange it for a God thought, 
We could interrupt the pattern of thinking, alter our thinking, alter our outcome. That's not science. That's what God said. Science tells us that our brain thinks in habits and it thinks in patterns. And it gets so used to the habits and the patterns that, has, that it is thought in, then when it comes time for you to make a decision about things you're always making a decisions about, that part of your brain goes to sleep. And you make decisions out of habit or routine. You are continuing to make decisions about things the way you've made decisions because it's used to making them that way. So that pattern needs to be what? Interrupted. That pattern needs to be altered. That pattern needs to be, it needs to be changed. It just needs to be changed. Colossians. Paul said this in, in the book of Colossians. Y'all getting this? In Colossians, it said this. Since you have been raised with Christ. What is he saying? Since you've been reborn, born again, since you have become a Christ follower... Since you've been raised with Christ, then you need to do something. You need to set, you've been raised, right? Set your heart or set your affection or set your soul or set your will, set your mind, set your mind. Set it on things what? Above. We've been setting our mind on things like frustration, discouragement, pridefulness, fear, regret. And now Paul's saying, listen, you've been raised. So what I want you to do is set your focus on things where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Here's what Paul, here's what Paul knew. Jesus was on a mission when he came to the earth. But his mission wasn't the earth. Jesus went from the earth to the cross. But I want you to know his mission wasn't the cross. And Jesus went from the cross to the grave. But the grave wasn't his mission. Jesus came from the grave up and resurrected, but that wasn't his mission. Because Jesus came out of the grave, and the Bible said he walked back into heaven and sat down at the throne. The throne was his mission. To get to earth, through the cross, through the grave, resurrect, and sit down. When you sit down, what is that? I am finished, and I am seated now in a place of authority. A finished place of authority. So Jesus' mission was through the earth, back to the throne. And Paul said, because Jesus finished a work, and he's in a place of authority, and he's in a finished work, the Bible said, set your mind on those higher things. The finished work of Jesus. What does that mean in context of what we're saying? Here's what we have to realize. We've got to be able to recognize in our lives wrong thinking. And when you begin to recognize wrong thinking instead of excusing wrong thinking, and you begin to recognize it, you're on your way. Because when you recognize it, you're getting revelation and you're pushing through deception and you're pushing through the things you've experienced and you're pushing through the feelings and you're letting the word of God put a spotlight. Any thought you have that's not in line with the word of God is stinking thinking. It's a wrong thought. 
No matter how it got there, if it's a stronghold or if it's something coming at you, no matter what, you've got to be able to look and say, this is not congruent with what Jesus said. This shame that I keep thinking about and rolling over and feeling when Jesus said, I'm justified, I'm forgiven, I'm free from that, even though I may not feel like it, it's not what Jesus said. And because he sat down at the throne, he has the final say. Or these thoughts of fear that are overwhelming me, they're, 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 they're captivating me. It's like, it's like a dark place in my life. I can't seem to get rid of these. And, and I'm not making right choices. I'm not making right decisions. This is not what the Word of God says about my life. It actually says perfect love will eject fear from your life. The Bible said this, that he didn't give you a spirit of fear. So this is not God's will for my life. I have to recognize it though. It feels real, but I'm going to choose to set my mind that I am full of the love of God. I walk in the faith of God and that's what Jesus said. And he's at the throne in a place that is the authority. Or I'm dealing with some sickness and it's intimidating me and it's scaring me and I saw a diagnosis, but this is an opposition to what Jesus said about my life. This is an opposition to what Jesus did on the cross. So I'm going to fix my thoughts on the healing power of Jesus because he's at the throne and he said so. So I got to identify any thought that's against the word of God. That's why you got to stay in the word of God. And then you've got to do something else. You've got, to, you've got to recognize, where did this thinking come from? And then we have to get to a place where we're willing to answer those things and exchange what God said for those thoughts. Freedom in your mind starts with you surrendering on a daily basis your thinking, which means on a daily basis, you and I have to be willing to submit our feelings and check this out our opinions and our perspectives and our pride and all of these thoughts. we got to be willing to surrender to those on a daily basis. Just say, God, I need you to renew my mind. Because here's what will happen. If you let God do those things in your life where you once were full of fear, you can get full of faith. Where you once were full of pride, you can get full of Christ. Where you once were full of discouragement, you'll get full of courage. God can take what, was, what the enemy meant to annihilate you and to keep you in bondage and he can make it strength and freedom and wisdom in your life. Because you will not be blessed and you will not be successful until you can get your mind renewed by the word of God. You can stop saying I can't and I won't and you'll get a hold of the scripture that says you can do all that he strengthens you to do. You can be all he strengthens you to be. You can have all he strengthens you to have. But you've got to keep hearing that and hearing that, and hearing that, and hearing it, so you have faith on those things, and don't let those thoughts drive you. Let's all stand to our feet for, for, for a moment. I'm going to say a very, very deep statement. You ready for this? You, point at someone and say, you, point and say, you, homie, you are the thinker of your thoughts. Did y'all get that? Guess who's the thinker of your thoughts? You are the thinker of your thoughts. And you cannot live successfully, can't, thinking negatively. You can't live right thinking wrong, but you're the thinker of your thoughts. But what if we could alter your thinking, thinking? 
You can't do it. The Bible says that. In your human strength. But the word of God is supernatural strength. It is supernatural strength. I used to think so, such intimidating, can't do thoughts. And I had to take the word of God to him. I had to take the word of God to him. My wife says things to me like, you'll, you'll try anything, you'll do anything. I had to take the word of God because that was not my natural thinking. I'm having to take the word of God to some thoughts. Some, and I'll just let you in on me for a little bit, for a moment. For some reason, just over the last year, I have realized that I have this thinking. Um, how can I put it into words? Pressure, perfection. Over and over and over. I've realized where some of that comes from, but I've had to take the thought. And so I made this little sign. It's in my journal. It's, it's on my wall. And it says, reject the presence of pressure. That may not mean a thing to you, but to me, every time I see it, I'm like, I can't let that thinking in. Can't let that thinking in. I had to, I'm time to put the word to it. I can't get rid of it by myself. Because I can, I can become a perfectionist. And when, when I realized I didn't like it, is when I'd walk in the house and I projected it on my kids. And I wasn't recognizing what they were doing right. I, was, I had four things they didn't do, how I told them to do it. How to, it I was throwing this on them. And my wife is so good, she picks out all that stuff. She helped me. She said, this is not right thinking. And I said, just how I feel. Well, why do I feel that way? I've been thinking wrong. So I want to do something this morning. Because I feel like we need to become accountable for our thinking. And so when you came in, you got this. If you, could you pull that out? Since we're going to Freedom University for a few weeks, you got an assignment this week. And don't tell me, I'm not doing that. I want you to do that. I want you to. If you didn't get one, just wait. We'll make sure you get one. I'm going to walk you through something. We're going to do a song. I'm going to finish it out. First of all, did I help you this morning? Did I help you? Well, that was my goal. Here's what we do with thoughts. The top of your assignment says this. Identify your space invaders. See where it says circle one? Don't circle all of them. Like, oh my God, I've got them all. There's not a prize for having them all, okay? If you can't, you can't go home and take them all on, you will explode. But what I do think that you could do is saying, Right now, which one of these is invading my space? Which one? Maybe it's become a stronghold. We're going to worship. I want you to think about this. I want you to circle. And don't just be like, oh, this is cute. And, and don't leave it on the seat when you leave. I put a lot of thought into this. Circle like, man, what, what's the one in my life right now? Be, be real about it. And then secondly, be willing to confront that, the cause. Here's what I mean. You might have to look back and say, I know where this regret came from. I did this, or I let this happen. Maybe say, you know what? I'm frustrated because I've been bitter about something. Or you might say, fear. This is how I grew up, and this has been attacking me for 40-some years. Don't circle them all. You might have them all. I'm, I'm just saying What's messing with you right now? If you say, God, I could just get free with these thoughts. When you lay down, what are the thoughts? If I could get, if God could liberate me, and I want you to know, He can, and the Word of God can liberate you. 
what's yours? And where did it start? And, and I was talking to the guy. I said, how do we end this service? I don't want to just tell you something. You're like, well, good luck with that. I said, we need to have ourselves a Jesus moment where we realize this is all about him. And God, speak to me. If you don't know which one's yours yet, say, God, show me. And show me where it started. And I'm going to come up and tell you what to do with it in a minute. But I want us to, to have a moment where we say, God, this is all about you in my life. And I'm going to say something really, really bold. If you are born again and you love Jesus, you do not have the right to keep thinking that way. If I just made you mad, circle pride. <laughs> but you are a born again Christ follower. You don't have the right to hang on to wrong thinking anymore. He won't let you. He will keep confronting you and convicting you and challenging you. This thinking has to go. Because he's in your spirit, man. And, and, and those wrong thinking is like limiting all. Do you know that what is limiting you is not what? God has done everything he needs to do in you. Every bit of power, release, freedom, strength, renewal has happened in your spirit, man. The blockage is our feeling and our thinking. And if you can surrender that to God, you can be liberated. You can be absolutely liberated. If you're dealing with like, with, with doubt, just dealing with doubt about things. What if I told you, if you could get over that doubt, you could really grasp this scripture and flow in it. I can do everything Christ strengthens me to do. What if you went from just hearing that scripture to boldly believing that scripture so much so that it just kept coming out of you that you went from can't do and won't do to I can do everything Christ gives me the power to do. I can be, I can, I've had people say, I got this opportunity at work. I'm not trained for it. I don't think I can. I'm not sure. Well, you can do everything through Christ. You need to get rid of that doubt and that fear because God can't raise you up into that spot with that thinking going on. God's been whispering to some of you, you're, you're going to die, your time's about up, blah, blah. You need to get rid of that thinking because God is not done with you yet. People need you, your neighbors need you, your family needs you. God's still got a mission for your life. That thinking has to go. Or I, I did this, you know, I was a bad person, I've got this on my record, I did it. you got to say what? you got to know what Jesus is saying about it or your yesterday is going to be bigger than your tomorrow and God wants to liberate you from what you did so you can be what he says you can be. Here's why. I went longer than I meant to, but here's why. Because everything God wants to do in your life is just not for you to feel happy, although that's part of it, is because it's connected to the kingdom, and the kingdom is about influence. If God can raise you up and bless you, you can have kingdom influence. If God can raise you up and heal you, you can have kingdom influence. If God can raise you up and mend your family, it's for kingdom influence. That's why it's not about us. It's all about him.